Hello, and welcome back to So You Think You Want to Homeschool with Erica Rasiglioni. I'm a former PTA mom turned unexpected homeschooler, and I am here today talking to you about reading challenges and what I really wish I had known. So I was really unhappy with the sound quality of my last podcast. I'm switching from the fancy microphone back to my headphones, and we'll see if this is better or worse. Who knows? Bear with me. So today I want to talk about reading challenges, and I am going to basically just tell our story, which I really just think can be really helpful to a lot of people out there for a number of reasons. So I'm going to start at the very beginning, which is that I have one sister, that she's my only sibling, and the two of us have always been extremely strong readers. We're readers, we're writers, um, we were both reading before kindergarten. I very distinctly remember um, sitting in the car with my mom before being dropped off to kindergarten, reading um, the chapter book, Ramona the Pest, um, with my mom in the parking lot of the school. <laughs> and then I would go into kindergarten and they were, you know, they were trying to get us to read, you know, C-spot run type of things and, you know, not to toot my own horn, but yes, we were definitely always advanced readers. It's really funny looking back, um, you know, as we grow older, we have these conversations with our parents and um, especially, again, because my, my oldest has had some really extreme struggles when it came to reading. Um, it's really interesting when I talk to my mom about why that was so important to her and she has told me that she wanted us reading before we entered kindergarten because she didn't trust anyone else to do it. Isn't that interesting? Isn't that like such a juicy little tidbit of information? When you think about, you know, the public school system and how like even at that time she's like I just didn't trust anyone else to do it like I wanted it done right basically and she did she gave us that gift and uh, I'm forever grateful because the gift of reading is uh, you know has been therapy has been education it's been everything to me over time and I have actually um, made it a point to read more for leisure lately you know, less books or, or podcasts or things about, you know, how to be a better mom, how to be a better homeschooler, how to do this, how to do that, personal development types of things and more. Give me some fiction, give me a storyline, give me something to get lost into. I made it a goal this year to do more of that and I have, but I digress. So um, yes, we've always been very strong readers. And then I had my son and my daughter within 14 months. They were back to back and I had these two beautiful little babies. And oh, I read to these kids. We read bedtime stories. We read nap time stories. We read morning, noon and night. We read and read and read. Um, I would read to my kids and my oldest, particularly my son, who is really going to be the focus of today's show, he loved it. He loved the the stories. He was so into it. He begged for more. He just absolutely loved stories. He remembered everything from them, all the details, and it was just his favorite part of the day. So um, much to my surprise, even though I did all the right things, when you know we started noticing some differences in kindergarten, I mean in preschool actually, that were some were behavioral, you know, um, but I think a lot of the behavioral stuff stemmed from the real problems 
which were even at that time his cutting wasn't that you know wasn't up to where it should be his handwriting whatever they suggested early intervention I jumped all over it we had him tested um, we actually wound up removing him from that preschool because it, it did not work out and um, it was it was a hot mess but because of them we did have him tested through the school district and we were able to get him early intervention they gave him speech and occupational therapy now he was young at that time and we did all the right things we we kept up with it um, the following year I actually was given the choice because his birthday was so close to the cutoff date um, whether I wanted to start him in kindergarten or not and I chose not I chose to give him an extra year and I remember the woman in the um, the office saying to me this happens very often with boys particularly and you know don't worry about it it usually works out for the best you are giving him the gift of time at a really important stage and I held on to that and I still do by the way the gift of time is so important rather than him being the youngest kid in the class who already has struggles and differences I gave him the extra year to work on it he was getting the therapies the speech the OT and um, you know just gave him some time to catch up and now he would be the oldest kid in the class when he started instead of the youngest and already behind I tried to give him that little head start so that was the first thing that I did for my boy he then started kindergarten and God love his teacher. I still, to this day, I was the class mom. I got to spend a lot of time with this woman and thank the Lord, she loved my son. She just, I mean, it, she had favorites. They were obvious <laughs> and he was one of them, even though he was difficult. Um, he just, he was such a love and, and she saw that and she just loved him. So. I, I was very present during kindergarten. He did continue to get extra help and extra therapies within school. The following year, first grade, things really got real. Um, even with the extra help, he was still struggling. And it was just so hard for me as a mom, like I said, who reading was everything for us and for me. And, and I did so much with him and I was trying so hard and he was just struggling. He was struggling so hard and he was so depressed and starting to just dim. His light was dimming. And at a certain point that particular year, you know, he did get, you know, the ADHD diagnosis that everybody needs a diagnosis. Um, and it got so bad that he started, he was not only just refusing, refusing to do any work, um, and they knew he was smart. That's what I constantly heard at every IEP meeting. He is so smart. He is so sharp. He remembers everything. He just won't give it to us. He won't even test. He won't do the work to see where he's at. So we have such a hard time gauging him. Um, and eventually he started making comments that I had to get a phone call home every time because that's the, the rules. And I very much understand I would rather die than do this. I would rather die than pick up the pencil and at that point you know for my six-year-old boy it just shattered my heart I didn't know what to do besides you know they started him with the school therapist we got him an outside therapist um, and again the ADHD seemed to be the focus of it and he um, we decided to start him on medication which it was a really difficult decision for me 
I remember sitting with the teacher realizing, you know, that they were going to be spending the majority of the time that he was medicated with him. And I said, made this comment to the teacher, like, you know, we have these babies and we do everything to protect them. I nursed this baby for a year and I gave up my favorite, you know, vegetable, broccoli, because I didn't even want this kid to feel the pain of a fart. <laughs> and here I am giving him a drug and sending him into school and please, you just please begging them, please tell me what goes on. Please tell me how he's acting. Please, please keep me informed. And she was so wonderful and she did. Um, and what would happen was it, it helped for a little while. And then of course it was like, well, it wears off by this time. And you know, math is in the afternoon for us, so it's really hard. He's now missing math because it wears off by then, and then he's off the wall and blah, blah, blah. So now we gotta do a little booster at lunchtime, and eventually we're increasing the doses. And you know, it went on for until second grade, um, through second grade, where my kid was like picking holes in his arms. He had these like compulsive behaviors and things, and I was seeing behaviors in him when, when the medicine would wear off he was so out of out of his own body like he he was coming down from from this stuff and you could tell he wasn't in control the tantrums the fits the anger um it just wasn't working a lot of things just weren't working so fast forward um we wound up having to switch his school that year Reading was still really difficult. We had him with a tutor outside of the school. We had him still in reading in school. Um, and they were telling me all the things he needs. They would not recognize dyslexia, a dyslexia diagnosis. It's just a other learning impaired on an IEP report. So they basically were just like, he's got a reading problem. So he needs to see the reading teacher. And it was always suggested like Orton Gillingham based programs are great for kids with dyslexia. So here we are and we have this kid and I started looking into Orton Gillingham tutors and the cost was astronomical. I mean, it was just astronomical to get these specialized tutors and they were supposed to be an hour three or four days a week and it just we couldn't do it and I felt like such a failure again for for not being able to provide him with this and luckily we had a family friend who was an angel on earth and she worked with him she was a first grade teacher she worked with special needs kids and she was just the best thing for him but you know I also noticed that like an hour worth of tutoring it's like so much time is wasted. My kid has a hard time paying attention and he shuts down after a certain amount of time. And one of the first things that she mentioned to me, even before she had become our tutor, um, and she was just, you know, when we were just talking about the ADHD and he was probably in first grade at the time, she's like, he's probably so exhausted. You have to remember that their brains are working so much harder than the kid next to them. So he's probably so exhausted. And oh my God, was she right? She was so right. I, I remember like even in preschool, the days that he had um, therapies, the day that he went from preschool to speech or, or to occupational therapy afterwards, he would fall asleep in the car on the five minute car ride home. He was exhausted and it clicked for me at that time that like, yeah, he is working. It's like that duck that looks still on, on top of the water, but he's paddling so hard underneath. Um, he was working so much harder just to try and, and achieve 
normalcy and he was still failing to him and he felt like a failure he felt stupid and that was why we wound up making the choices that we made with his mental health and with you know everything so by the end of second grade we had you know I wanted all these things I wanted him to have a one-on-one I wanted him to have assisted technology I wanted him to have the option of speech to text I wanted him to have somebody to just like my kid could do the math but he needed someone standing over his shoulder saying okay pointing to the next problem all right let's do this one because if there wasn't someone there and I know because I was doing the homework with him um, if you were not on top of him he just wasn't doing it So they would tell me, oh my goodness, no, you would never qualify for a one-on-one. He's not eloping the classroom. That was like one of the main reasons, like, you know, he's not running away from school. So, you know, you don't get a one-on-one. I'm like, so what do I have to do? Tell tell him to run away from school? I I don't know what to do here to get my child what he needs. Um, So they had, like I said, suggested the Orton-Gillingham tutors. We couldn't afford them. It was insane. Um, and we wound up deciding he needed to be in an integrated classroom, which they did not offer at his school. And we had to switch his school the following year, break his little heart. Um, one of the hardest things I've choices I've had to make as a parent, um, just thinking it would be better for him to be in this inclusion integrated classroom where he would get more of what he needs and, um, and we did, and he hated it. He was so upset to leave. I was so upset to leave his team, his social worker that he'd had since day one, who just was the most beautiful soul, and his reading instructor who was was making headway with him, at least with confidence. He was at the point in school where the only work he was doing was in a small group in resource room. Uh, and he would do it, and he would be great at it, but he wouldn't do it in the classroom. So they thought, you know, let's do this inclusion thing, and we did. But that was the summer that I decided to take him off medication because I hated what I was seeing. Um, and when we started the next school year, they definitely tried to pressure me into meds again. And I was like, no, I jumped through this hoop. You told me this is what was going to be best for him. This is supposed to help him help him. You know, I, I don't I shouldn't have to medicate my kid. It was not good for him. It was not working for him. And I didn't I, and I didn't look back on that particular decision. Um, he did eventually get granted all of the th- I, I wound up speaking to another special needs mom who God love the special needs moms out there. They are like warriors. They team up. They share the information that you can't get anywhere else. And I spoke to this woman. She suggested writing this email, asking for him to be retested again, even though it's supposed to be every three years. No, you need to ask for a, a new test, a new evaluation, and then you can work off of that and make the next request, which like I said, I wanted assisted technology. I wanted, um, which literally is just, I wanted a Chromebook for my kid. I wanted him to have a computer to be able to speech to text. I wanted a one-on-one. I went, she goes, shoot for the moon. And I didn't think in a million years I would get it, but I did. Um, He started with the one-on-one and what a difference it made. Oh my goodness, he was bringing home work, he was doing things, he was just having this woman there to say, okay, let's do the next problem, let's do this, let's get this done. What a difference. He all of a sudden had work to grade and to be able to say, look at what he does know. And she was so helpful for him. Um, And eventually we did even get granted that assisted technology, which makes me giggle today because the way that it went down was so like you couldn't have written it better the day that I finally signed the paperwork and they handed me this Chromebook 
was the day that we got an email that somebody in the district had tested positive for COVID-19 and we were not returning to school until, you know, they got that worked out. And then I think that was March 11th. And then pretty much within the next week, the entire country shut down and we never went back. <laughs> so we had this Chromebook at home. We used it a little bit. I got some video lessons from the woman on, on how to use it. And um, what's funny to me now is that every child that went back to, now every kid has a Chromebook. And it just, what I had to do to get this kid a, a computer was insane. And every child now has one. So that makes me giggle, giggle but again, I digress. So when we started homeschooling, this is the bulk of the matter. This is what I discovered very quickly. I joined some homeschool groups. I joined some groups for kids who are homeschooling with dyslexia. It is, when I say common knowledge, I mean common knowledge in the homeschool community that if you have a child who has struggles with reading, um, there are two programs, All About Reading and Barton, B-A-R-T-O-N. Um, Barton is a little bit drier. I feel like maybe meant for a little bit um, for an older crowd. All About Reading is a little bit younger and a little, little bit more cartoony and fluffy, but both are curriculums and they are Orton Gillingham based. And you buy this thing for a hundred dollars and it or however much it costs around there maybe 130 with the kits and the flashcards and the games and all the stuff that goes with it and you use it all year long and these lessons are not supposed to be any more than 15 minutes at a clip which is basically the attention span that my kid had anyway so instead of lighting money on fire finding a tutor who knew how to do this you're buying this curriculum and it is scripted. It tells you what to say, what to ask. I mean, it's literally a script and then it has exercises and it's, it's Orton Gillingham. It is this program that is so successful for kids who have dyslexia or any learning processing challenges. And here it is at my fingertips for $100 for the entire year, the entire level. We've actually been doing it more than a year because I'm not super strict with it, so we, we don't use it every single day. But when I explain to you the reading jump that happened when we started doing this program one-on-one, -on -one, me and him, I have never been trained in this. I read the paper, I read the teacher's manual, and that's it. We do these exercises, and this kid has come leaps and bounds. I cannot believe that my child is reading. And yes, he is older, he's 12 years old now, and he is reading, you know, early readers from the library, but he is doing it. And I just never thought we would get here. I, I just was starting to accept that this might not happen for him. That's how severe his challenges were. And I could not believe that these people who didn't know better, I'm not even villainizing them, they were trying so hard to be helpful. I so often feel that with especially the team um, that we worked with at his school who I loved and that they just wanted the best for him and they loved him and they wanted to be helpful, but they didn't know any better. They didn't know that this program existed and that you can do it yourself. They weren't making any money off of me hiring an Orton Gillingham tutor. They just knew that that's what is suggested because this is the program that works. Well, guess what? 
you can have this program at your fingertips and it is not doesn't need to cost you hundreds of dollars per week which is what those tutors would have cost me if I did it appropriately and what was suggested um, and I'm not knocking Orton Gillingham tutors oh my god I'm sure if I could have afforded it I, I imagine that they would be extremely helpful but we just couldn't and I felt helpless and useless and just lost and then enter the homeschool community and common knowledge. Oh, your kid is struggling with reading? Here's what you should do. Pick up All About Reading. Pick up Barton. See which one works best for you. Have them test and see what level they're at. Most people will start from the beginning because it's totally worth it to get that foundation and especially in a program like this, you want the foundation to be done in the correct order. Um, again, I, I am not even super strict with it and these lessons are short and sweet and my son is willing to do them. I did take a year off. I, I um, our first year homeschooling, I've said this before, I stopped pushing the reading. I stopped making him write. I, I was a scribe for him. I just wanted him to find a way to stop hating learning. He had so much trauma from school and so much self-loathing and just feeling incapable and stupid and just all of these things that weren't true. He's so smart. My child has a vocabulary that uh, that would knock your socks off. He always knows what every word means. He always, you know, he picks up on every detail. He will compare and contrast things that I never ever would have noticed in a million years. He is such an impressive kid. He's just different than the cookie cutter. He was a square peg that we were shoving into a round hole and damaging him just damaging him so much along the way and I try not to have regrets I do have a few regrets about you know the, the story that I just told I, I wish I'd known sooner um, but that's why I'm doing this episode because it's not an uncommon story my son's story it, you know it's it's actually very commonplace for kids that have these learning differences and are just are not the cookie cutter and you know, it was difficult to place him. It was difficult to place him because of how intelligent he was, but what his struggles were. And oftentimes these in-between kids fall through the cracks. And he was my prime example of, um, of falling through the cracks. He, he fell through the cracks and he, he was damaged along the way. And thank God for our homeschooling journey. And thank God for me taking that time and taking that year and not forcing things, but letting him learn in his own ways. And then the following year is when he started showing interest in reading and seeing the value in it. And I approached him and said, well, you know, if you do want to learn to read, I would love to help you. There is a program we could do. I'm not gonna fight with you about it. I'm not gonna let you make me feel like I'm torturing you. If we're gonna do this, we're gonna do this. And we have, and again, I'm, blown away by his reading level at this stage in the game and yes it is still behind where his peers in school would be but it is somewhere that I never thought it would be and the the sky is the limit he is picking things up more and more um he impresses me every day this kid so that is our reading journey that is um some of the things that I wish that I knew when I had started with my child and um I hope that it helps. I hope that somebody listens to this and says, wow, maybe we can try that and just spares themselves and their child any of the trauma that um, that we had to go through. That's, that's my hope for this episode. So 
Tune in next time. Thank you so much for hopping on and listening to me rambling on and on. I feel like this is such an important story to tell and I'm glad that you were here to listen. I hope it helps.